Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Bob O'Shusen in for Greeny, ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus. As we said, the app and your smart speaker. And if you've missed any part of the show so far, my conversation with ESPN NFL draft analyst Matt Miller. Uh, that was in hour number one. A lot of draft talk in hour number one. You can always find both hours of the show posted daily as a podcast available wherever you listen to your podcasts. It is Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests appear the good, uh, via the Goodyear hotline. Triple eight, say ESPN, triple eight, seven, two, nine, three, seven, seven, six, the telephone number. We'll get back to the phones in a sec. If you want to talk draft, feel free to give me a buzz. By the way, I'm at ESPN Bob on Twitter, all one word at ESPN Bob. I threw this on Twitter as an aside yesterday or the day before. I can't remember whatever it was. And I got like 350,000 views and I don't even know how many likes and retweets. And it was just a great example of how awesome baseball is to argue about. Baseball's the best sport sometimes to have an argument about. This is what I threw on Twitter. I'll expound upon it, but this is what I threw on Twitter. You tell me if you agree or disagree. And this is regarding Madison Bumgarner. No hitter, yes or no. If MLB says a seven-inning no hitter isn't real, are they not tacitly admitting seven-inning games shouldn't be? We don't distinguish between records from 162-game seasons or 154-game seasons. In my opinion, you can't invent seven-inning games and then say the accomplishments aren't real. That means the games aren't either. So I popped that on Twitter, 2,400 likes and 232 retweets and about 500 responses later. People are still hitting me up. They're still going back and forth, having arguments amongst themselves over whether or not Madison Bumgarner's no-hitter should have been considered a no-hitter. This is what Madison Bumgarner, by the way, had to say when he was asked about it. Do you consider it a no-hitter, Madison? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I didn't give up any hits today, so I'm not in control of how many innings we're playing. I I like the the seven-inning double-header thing. That's exactly it. I got a lot of people telling me, well, what about a five-inning rainout or a guy that throws seven innings and a no-hitter, but there's still two innings to go, and they do like a no-hitter by committee, and they yank him out? Or Nolan Ryan had like 18 no-hitters broken up in the seventh inning. No. To me, if you say a seven-inning game is real, then the no-hitter's real. And if you don't like that that's considered a no-hitter, then it's on you to not have seven-inning games. To me, that's the punishment that you get for, for foisting seven-inning games on us. That, that's my opinion. To me, it's not that it doesn't cheapen the accomplishment. Of course it cheapens the accomplishment. A seven-inning no-hitter shouldn't be a no-hitter. But you know why a seven-inning no-hitter shouldn't be a no-hitter? Because there shouldn't be seven-inning games. That's really my point. It's not so much that I think what Madison Bumgarner did is equal to what everyone that has thrown a nine-inning no-hitter or perfect game has done. And I know in 1991, baseball actually defined this. They came out with a rule that basically said if you throw an eight-inning no-hitter, but somehow a couple of runs score like Andy Hawkins for the Yankees threw a a no-hitter but gave up four runs because there was an error in the outfield, he walked a couple of guys, and the Yankees lost a game where he threw a no-hitter, and it wasn't recognized as a no-hitter because it didn't go nine innings. And they had to come up with a definition at the time of a a no-hitter has to be nine innings. But that's because back then, as of a year ago, or two years ago, the only games that we had were all scheduled to go nine innings. 
You can make that rule in an era, and I can't believe we're in a new era of baseball where all the games aren't nine innings, but when all the games are supposed to be nine innings, you can make that rule. That rule to me doesn't apply anymore when now you're telling me we can have seven inning doubleheaders and they're real. Don't tell me those are real games. If a guy goes out and throws a no-hitter in one of them and you say, wait, that's not a real no-hitter, then what am I watching? That's not right. You've cheapened it by making it seven innings. You know what the trickle-down effect of that is? You've also cheapened a no-hitter, and that's on you. So to me, like, once you went from 154 games to 162, and we're not putting little asterisks next to RBI or home run records hit in more games, yes, you have cheapened the record. But you live with that because you thought a 162-game season was a better way to go. Made you more money. Longer season, more entertainment for the fans, that's fine. What do we say all the time about postseason, like, RBI and home run records? You hear that all the time. So-and-so has the most home runs ever in the postseason. We don't distinguish that from the World Series. And yet, before we invented an AL and an NLCS, and now a wild card round, divisional rounds... It wasn't really that long ago in the world of baseball where the only thing we had was the World Series. Of course, Mickey Mantle and Joe DiMaggio and Babe Ruth and all these other guys are going to not have the same postseason, quote-unquote, numbers as guys today because they didn't play in as many postseason games. The postseason was only the World Series. That was their only opportunity to accumulate postseason numbers. We don't distinguish between those numbers and the numbers those guys put up in the 20s, 30s, 40s, and so on? Sorry. You make a seven-inning game real? You tell us it's real? The no-hitter becomes real. That's the way I look at it. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. I need to get that off my chest. If you want to talk about that, feel free. I'd love to have some callers tell me why I'm wrong. Let's go to Jeff in Indiana who joins us next year on ESPN Radio to kick it off in hour number two. Bob Shoes and in for Greeny. What's up, Jeff? Hey, Bob, can you hear me? Loud and clear. I appreciate you, man. Appreciate the show. I always make my day to listen to it. Real quick on the baseball no-hitter rule. They should have never made the double-hitter rule. I agree with you. And you saw the energy when Bob Gardner was talking about it. I don't know if it's a no-hitter or not. I pitched a no-hitter, but it's left inning. Just kill the rule. I'm with you. I don't don't like seven-inning double-headers. I don't like the relief pitcher has to face three guys or before he can be taken out. I hate putting a guy on second base to start extra innings. Like when that guy scores a run, I believe if I look in baseball reference, a guy that scores a run from second base when he's gifted second base to begin extra innings is credited statistically with a run. If I knock him in, I'm credited with an RBI, even though I was gifted with a runner at second base without anybody else on my team having to do anything. You know, you you come up with these wackadoodle rules and you cheapen the statistics, then you live with the fact that you've cheapened the statistics. And you're going to cheapen the, the, the no-hitter? Yeah, you cheapened it. But that's the price you pay for telling me that a seven-inning game's real. And I just want to say also on the football thing, yes, one and two, you know it's solid. There's no smoke screen there. Now, there's a chance, I think, that as you get down further, the, that one of the top four may drop out of the top ten and now, why are we not saying anything about Kyle Trask and the other quarterbacks that may be further down the draft when you're talking about Washington and Chicago, knowing that they need quarterbacks? Yep, Kyle Trask is a guy that will get drafted, but he will be looked upon as 
not being nearly athletically gifted enough to be spending the collateral to go get him in the first round. I just don't. He, he's just not that kind of a guy. You know what I mean? Now, and not that he may not have a productive NFL career. If you put, say, you know, guys kind of in that category, I, like I think Kyle Trask's ceiling is he could be Ryan Tannehill. You know what I mean? Like I think he could be a game manager if he's got a really good running game. He's got a good offensive line in front of him. All he has to do is distribute. Kyle Trask could be a winning quarterback in the NFL. But Kyle Trask is not the kind of quarterback, I think, that teams are going to look at that skill set, that his athleticism, like his package, and say, all right, you know, I'm going to build my franchise with him as the number one building block. So I think he's going to get drafted. I think he's good enough to play in the NFL, but he's, he is not a top half of the first round kind of talent. Triple eight, say ESPN, triple eight, seven, two, nine, three, seven, seven, six. Bob Shusen in for Greeny. We'll come right back. Get back to your telephone calls. The no hitter. Yes or no is now out there to be talked about as well. And of course, the draft tomorrow night. We'll keep talking about that coming up next on ESPN radio. From the biggest names in sports. So one of the hardest workouts we do to the stories that matter. Gotta do something at the quarterback spot. I mean, you gonna line up with Josh McCown? And plenty of opinions. These quarterbacks that's coming out in the draft, who's better than Jalen Hurts? In all honesty. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin. Tomorrow at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or just tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Greeny, the podcast. Bob Oshusen, in for Greeny, ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus. Guy's back at the studio trying to make me happy. They had me screaming just now about baseball. They could sense that it was like bubbling up inside of me. And now maybe the world's coming back. Maybe we're going to start to get live music. Maybe I can go to a fish show 
At some point, be outside with a beer in my hand, 8 o'clock at night, the sun's going down, and I'm listening to this? Oh, it would just make me so happy. Greeny on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests appear on the Goodyear hotline, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, to be able to take my wife back to a fish show. That literally will, like, signal the end of the pandemic. Bob and Julie with shoes and all of our friends at a fish show. To me, that means COVID is finally over. I get my second shot. My wife will be the one to stab me, by the way, on Tuesday, and she really, really seemed to enjoy giving me the first shot. You know, like, normally a nurse will kind of gently put the – the needle into you and like she it was like hit from three feet away boom into my arm with a big smile on her face i could see it through the mask all right bob shoes it in for greeny espn radio espn plus right back to the phones let's get to uh walt in philly who joins us next here on espn radio get as many calls in between now and the top of the hour as we possibly can what's up walt um, nothing much here. I, do, I want to say that if I were Manfred in that situation with the no-hitter the other day, I would have immediately announced afterwards that that no-hitter, that game was going to be extended to nine innings and would be picked up <laughs> when the Braves went to Chase Field with Bumgarner asked to be out on the mound to try to complete the no-hitter and get it to the traditional point. And going forward, any seven-inning game that has a no-hitter at that point automatically gets extended to nine innings gotcha. to complete the no-hitter. Great plan. And that's I agree. I Chain, cha- all right, thanks for the call. Change the rules based on the fact that somebody's got a no-hitter going. Great plan. Flawless plan. What could possibly be wrong with that? Let's go to Jody in Pennsylvania. Joins us next year on ESPN Radio. Bob Wischusen in for Greeny. What's up, Jody? Hey, uh, hi, Bob. Thanks for having me on. Um, listen, I, I think that your logic is completely right on. You know, anytime we change any any sporting event, the rules and the stats to it, it changes the whole game and how we perceive it, right? And, you know, I, I agree with all of that until you got to the point where it said a seven-game shutout should be the same as a nine-game shutout. I think that's what you said. Or, you know, they should be compared well, or no, be all, the same. All I'm, just, saying is, all I'm saying is if baseball's going to tell us that a seven-inning game is real, then everything that happens in that game is real. I, let, let's put it this way. To crystallize my argument or to crystallize my thinking here, I don't like that it's a no-hitter. I don't think that it ought to be a no-hitter. But I also don't like seven-inning games. So you're foisting seven inning games on me. It's a no hitter. As much as I don't like it, he he no hit the other team and all of the innings that he had at his disposal because that's what the sport has now told us is a real game. So if you don't want that to be a no hitter, then don't have seven inning games. I think that at this point, baseball is just trying, Major League Baseball anyway, is trying to to flounder around and find as many rule changes to make their game more appealing to people who don't already watch it. Um, as possible, just like you talked about, you know, going into extra innings and, and the runner on second rule. I think that changes the game as well, as you already said. It changes statistics with RBIs. You know what the and, funniest and the thing goes for these seven the, games? Yep, the funniest thing to me, and thanks for the call, to me about baseball that is looked upon as, you know, it would be like this revolutionary thing that if I were a baseball purist, I would be against. I think you, like, the seven inning game putting a guy at second base, a pitcher has to pitch against three guys in a given inning before he's eligibly taken out. All of those rules that they have come up with now to speed the game up, to have shorter doubleheaders, to have less pitching changes, blah, blah, blah. All of that can go out the window, in my opinion. All of it. If they did one thing and one thing only, an enforceable pitch clock. That's it. 
you get 25 seconds to throw the baseball. And the funniest part about it is if you are a purist and you're like, how can you have a pitch clock? There's never been any kind of a clock over baseball. I don't want a clock involved. If you had a 25-second pitch clock, you would make games now look like what they looked like in the 60s and 70s and 80s. YouTube a game from the 70s. Just pick a random game, YouTube it, and watch the game. Watch batters stay in the batter's box and watch pitchers look in, get a sign, nod, and throw the ball. That's what the games looked like. And you know what, was, what those games were back in the 70s and 80s? They were two hours and 20 minutes long. That's what they were. They weren't three hours and 20 minutes long. They were two hours and 20 minutes long. With offense, by the way. With runs being scored. It wasn't like you had to throw a perfect game to have a two-hour and 25-minute game in 1985. There were games that were two hours and 25, two hours and 30 minutes, where the final score was like 7-5. to five Because pitchers looked in, got the sign, nodded, and threw the ball. And I, when I was growing up, Mike Hargrove was playing for the Indians, who eventually obviously became a manager. That's probably most of you would remember him more as. I remember Mark, Mike Hargrove as a player. His nickname was the Human Rain Delay. Why was his nickname the Human Rain Delay? Because he got out of the batter's box in between every pitch and like adjusted everything on his body. Now, every guy is the Human Rain Delay. Who stays in the batter's box? They all get out of the batter's box. So to me, if you want to make the game move along faster, make it more entertaining, just come up with a mechanism with which the pitcher looks in, gets the sign, and throws it, and the batter doesn't have the ability to constantly step out of the batter's box. You do that, the game moves along, you don't need all these other wackadoodle rules. 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We're coming back with more. Your calls on the other side of a quick break. Bob Wishes and in for Greenie on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Greeny, the podcast. Bob was choosing in for Greeny. As many calls between now and the top of the hour as we can fit in. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. You can save big when you bundle your auto, home, motorcycle, RV, or boat. Visit Progressive.com. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Get right back to the phones in a sec. But have you ever seen a vehicle at a stoplight or a parking lot that just seems to stand out because of its deep mirror-like paint? You're probably thinking you don't have the money or time 
to do that to your own vehicle? Well, think again. New 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating is a revolutionary new product that provides the same level of protection and shine that you get from a professional detail, but can be done yourself in your own garage. Simply spray it on, let it haze, buff it off. You'll have up to a year of paint protection. In addition to that jaw-dropping depth and gloss that will have others admiring your ride on its next drive. It helps repel dust, reduces water spotting to keep it looking cleaner between washes. You can also use it on your car's glass, wheels, and trim, too. It's now available at Advanced Auto Parts and Pep Boys locations nationwide, or you can learn more by visiting 303radio.com. Triple Eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Let's get back to the phones. He's been the most patient. I think Robert in Virginia has been waiting for a while. He joins us next on ESPN Radio. Hey, Robert. I tell you, this Chicago situation is interesting to me. But I think people are being terribly naive to think a rookie could come in there and be better than any Dalton this year. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. Well, it's Andy not about a it's, solid quarterback. it's not about being better than any Dalton this year. It's about what is your solution long-term at that position. That was why I was stunned that the Bears and Red, uh, Redskins, the Bears and Washington football team weren't more aggressive, maybe even going after Sam Darnold, because you wouldn't have to give up to get Sam Darnold. What you'd have to give up to move up in this draft to probably get one of those quarterbacks. You can't tell me that Andy Dalton and Ryan Fitzpatrick at this point are long-term solutions at that position for you. They're not. Matt, Matt Nagy needs to win this year. And so I think if I'm going to predict if Andy Dalton is the quarterback – they go ten and six, and they're probably a wild card. Wow! Dalton's a, Dalton's no one the will pick that. The playoffs five years in a row. I'll tell you right now. Andy Dalton spends the the, uh, the year in Chicago as the starting quarterback. Starts the entire season, and now of course it's a seventeen game season. I think they are a six and eleven, five and twelve team. I think that's what they are. And by the way, that gets you fired. Because if you're on a short leash as it is, and it seems like both of those guys are on a short leash at this point in Chicago, that probably gets you fired. Orlando in Georgia joins us next year on ESPN Radio. Hey, Orlando. Hey, love the show. Love the show. Um, you, you know, you hit it right with the, with the uh, batter's clock. I'm, I'm, I'm from Philadelphia, really. And um, when the old Connie Mack Stadium, as a kid, I was in orphanage. We used to have dinner, go to the game at 7.05, right? And by 9.45, we were back at the orphanage for nice snacks. So, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm, I'm serious. It was great. Uh, but um, That's wild. Yeah, you're right about that. Uh, you know, it was two, two and a half hours long, you know, and um, I don't – they're definitely trying to find a way to shorten the game, and it's just a mess right now. Yeah, I mean, to me, an enforceable pitch clock would actually make the sport look more like what it used to look like. It would be a batter standing in the batter's box. You can't get out. A pitcher standing on the mound, getting the sign, nodding and throwing the ball. And not all of this – I mean, baseball is the only sport where the players are allowed to stop the game. The players are allowed to slow the game down. All the other sports, the game is either with a clock running over it or constant – like hockey, it's during the game substitutions. We're not stopping for substitutions. Let's go. Let's keep the game going. You know, baseball is the only sport that stops the game for a substitution. When a reliever comes in from the bullpen, we stop the game. So he can throw six, eight, ten more warm-up pitches. That would be another thing I would do. No. You want to keep the game moving, eliminate relief pitcher on the mound warm-up pitches. Warm-up in the bullpen. Throw six or eight more in the bullpen. And when you're finally ready to throw a pitch in-game, then you run out to the mound and we restart the game. Do that. 
No warm-up pitches for relief pitchers when they come in the game. So the moment that we bring a reliever in, we don't go to commercial for two minutes. We go to commercial for 30 seconds, maybe 60 seconds. And now, as soon as we come back from commercial, that guy is looking in, getting the sign, the pitch clock restarts, and the game goes again. You want to keep the young fan engaged. The instantaneous gratification, I am on my phone, I am on all kinds of social media, I'm playing video games, everything in my world just constantly moves. You want to keep that fan engaged and interested in baseball? To keep the game moving. Baseball is the only sport that allows their players to walk around out of the batter's box, pitchers to walk around, take forever. You know, when they make a pitching change, extra warm-up pitches, the game stops. It's the only sport that constantly allows the game to stop. Don't allow the game to stop. That's all you have to do. All of these other weird rules that they've come up with to try and make it more visually interesting, you're still allowing your athletes to stop the game. Just come up with rules that don't allow them to stop the game, and I think the game will be better. Rich in California joins us next year. Bob Oshusen in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. Hey, Rich. Uh, morning, Bob. I got something that uh, <laughs> I'm just going to throw out there. Okay. <laughs> uh, 49ers trade out of the number three pick to uh, Carolina. Um, they give the number three pick and Garoppolo to Carolina. Uh, that turns into Trey Lance because uh, Carolina, lo- you know, Flash loves Flash, right? Okay. Um uh, 49ers get Sam Darnold and the number eight pick, which turns into Mac Jones. Yeah. Nobody else is going to take him. If the 49ers were interested in Sam Darnold, then the 49ers would have gone and traded for Sam Darnold. I mean, what I was told, the 49ers at one point did have some interest in Sam Darnold, and that just kind of cooled. But that, I mean, th- that literally is the definition of I'm just going to throw this out there. You're right. You are just throwing that out there. Because there's absolutely no chance that happens. Because if you gave up three first-round picks, basically, to move up to number three to ostensibly go get a quarterback, and then right on the eve of the draft, you trade out of the third pick to drop back to eight to get the quarterback you could have had for a song anyway, you're, as a general manager, you then get fired. Then your owner walks in and goes, you have no idea what you're doing, and you get shown the door. So they're not doing that. They are staying at three, and they're taking a quarterback. I think it's going to be Mac Jones. I think it should be Trey Lance. I think it's going to be Mac Jones. Let's go to Jason in Texas, joins us next year on ESPN Radio. Hey, Jason. Hey, how you doing? Um, I just had a couple of things. Uh, A, uh, yeah, it was a no-hitter. B, a fish fry, community fish fry, sounds awesome. And then C, um, Julio Jones. So I know that. So I'm I'm talking about Julio Jones going to the Packers. I know they would have to give up a lot of stuff and you cap numbers stuff like that. I just want to know your thoughts. Um, but if you could pair up, especially since the Packers drafted Jordan Love last year. Yep. Kind of, kind of, you know, made Rodgers a little bit. Yeah, I I think I think Julio Jones I think Julio Jones the Packers makes a lot of sense for the right price. Like it makes sense for both teams, but for the right price. If I'm Green Bay, I mean I'm not giving up a first round pick to get him. What's Julio Jones? Thirty two years old. How much is he still owed? He's got to still be owed in the thirties millions of dollars. Uh, he obviously has not avoided the injury bug from time to time. So if you're getting a guy that could get hurt. 
he's in his 30s, and we still owe 30-some-odd million dollars to, then to me there's a trade there to be made, but Atlanta's not going to get, you know, like shake the world up draft compensation for Julio Jones. But to put Julio Jones and Devontae Adams on opposite sides with Aaron Rodgers, yes. That, that to me would at least be Green Bay doing for Aaron Rodgers what he was probably bitter that they didn't do for him last year, which was get him any help, right? I didn't have a problem with drafting Jordan Love last year. I never have a problem with a team that has conviction about a quarterback knowing that at some point in the not-too-distant future, they're going to need a different solution than the guy they've got at quarterback, drafting the heir apparent. Heck, that's how they got Aaron Rodgers. They drafted Aaron Rodgers while they still had Brett Favre. And Aaron Rodgers sat for a couple of years and watched Brett Favre do what he did, and then he was groomed and ready to take over, and he's had a magnificent career. So I, didn't, like, I, don't, I don't begrudge an organization protecting themselves at the most important position in sports when they feel like they know this is the guy down the road that, that they want. But now, with what Aaron Rodgers did last year, 13-win season, showing he still can play at the highest of high levels, yeah, get him another guy. I would not have a problem with that. Bob Oshusen in for Greeny, coming to you live above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. A reminder, Greeny is brought to you by 303 Products, premium protectants and cleaners. Keep your car looking like new longer. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Justin in Florida joins us next here on ESPN Radio. Hey, Justin. Uh, it's not Justin, it's Jeff. But oh, sorry, anyway, Jeff, go ahead. Uh, baseball is the most hypocritical sport there is. How can you play these seven-eighting games, count, count all the other statistics, home runs, hits, errors, everything else, and not call that a no-hitter? How is that even possible? It just it absolutely makes no sense. And the truth is, the management of baseball and the commissioner of baseball has continually tried to screw with the game and tried to make it better, but he doesn't know what he's doing. I agree with you. There should be a pitch clock. There should be keeping the batters in the batter's box is a great idea. Making relief pitchers come in and start pitching is another great idea. You know, the best thing about baseball was the quote from George Carlin, and I totally agree with him. The only thing about baseball that truly makes sense is that with baseball, with four balls, you walk. He said with four balls, you certainly ain't running. Well, I appreciate the, I appreciate the call. Um, you know, this is actually what makes baseball great, though, right? You throw this topic out there, and so many different people have opinions on both sides of it. Like, no matter what anybody does that you think might wreck baseball, you can't wreck baseball. Baseball is such a great sport to have debates back and forth about. I love it. I mean, I love talking about it. I love watching it. They'll, they'll, I will never be turned off by the sport, uh, no matter how much I might disagree with some of the rule changes. I understand the goal of what the commissioner and the powers that be in baseball are trying to do. Seven-inning doubleheaders, runner at second base, three batters to a reliever. Like, I get what the end game is. I just have different ideas about how you can achieve the same end game and not screw with what is fundamental about the sport, that it's a nine-inning game that should fit in a three-hour window. That's achievable without coming up with gimmicks. And I think that when you come up with this gimmick of seven-inning games and you then have a no-hitter, have you cheapened the no-hitter? Yeah. But to me, that's your fault. You cheapened it. You still have to call it a no-hitter. He got out everybody in the game that was presented in front of him, and he could not go past seven innings, it's not the same as a rain delay or a rain out or a five-inning official game because a storm came through or something. 
you're selling us on seven innings. You're telling us it's a real game. Well, if you're telling us that's a real game, that's a real no-hitter. Is it cheapened? Yeah, but that's the way it goes. Jim in Michigan joins us next here on ESPN Radio. Hey, Jim. Hey, uh, great topic. Uh, Solution for baseball, uh, uh, you as a commissioner. All right, I'm in. You know why? Because I've I've seen what that paycheck is. I'll take it. But the Baumgartner thing, what I would love to see happen is for him to stick it in their face again and throw a seven-inning no-hitter the next time out, too, <laughs> if only that could happen. <laughs> you know, that, just right, if he's the guy that goes out there and continues the debate by doing it again, you're, you're proud, that would be fun. Um, yeah, I thought he put it perfectly. He was like, look, I got everybody out without giving up a hit that was in front of me. Right? Like, I pitched a game today. I pitched all the way through to the completion of the game, and nobody got a hit. You want to call that a no-hitter? I would call that a no-hitter. Let's go to Rick in Florida. Joins us next year on ESPN Radio. Hey, Rick. Hey, good morning, Bob. Uh, two things uh, quickly, if I might. You know, I don't know if you're old enough to remember the theme song to Beretta, but it said, don't do the crime if you can't do the time. Well, that's <laughs> what I say to Rob Manfred and Major League Baseball. Don't put in the rules. If, it, if, you know, if you're going to put in these rules, then you've got to pay the consequences. Of course, that was a no-hitter. That's what he did. That's what the rules that you put. Or if not, then the Dodgers aren't World Series champion and put in asterisks. Now, as far as the draft, I think my Dolphins made two mistakes. The first one was I think they, they pulled the trigger too soon. I think they should have waited till, till now to, to see if they could have gotten a better offer. But secondly, I just think they should have stayed at three because if the rumors are true that Pitts might be gone and that's who I want for my Dolphins and for Tua, then that was a mistake. And the other rumor is that they would take Sewell, they would have to take Sewell. Let me tell you, Bob, my friends and I are having our own draft party. If my Dolphins take Sewell at six, I am walking out of my own draft party yep. and leaving my party. That, that's how upset I would be. All right. Well, what I would say, though, if you don't like what the Dolphins got at three, there are a lot of folks that think San Francisco overpaid to come up to three by coming up to get, once the top two quarterbacks are off the board, to come up and get the third best quarterback. They gave up their pick this year and two more ones as part of that package, basically three ones to get one player at number three that the Dolphins got so much that it set a market so high to move up into the top 10 that they think there might not be any other trades. That now the other teams in the top 10 are going to say to anyone that wants to come to the top 10, look what the Dolphins got. San Francisco gave them three number ones. You have to give us at least two number ones or two ones and two twos or something to come up and get that next quarterback and that the Chicago's and Washington's and New England's of the world are going to say no. Way too high of a price. They overpaid. So it's all through the eye of the beholder. You don't think you got enough? There are plenty of people out there that think they got too much. Let's go to Jack in Syracuse. Joins us next year on ESPN Radio. Hey, Jack. Hey, Bob. How you doing? Good. Good. Uh, I think you already answered my question. I said, say, say it's, uh, you know, the sixth inning, and it's a total rainout, and you're pitching a no-hitter. Yep. And, and the game's called. Now, what happens to that stat? It was a rainout, and it's not a no-hitter because the game should have been nine innings, and you didn't complete the game that we were told you should have completed because the game should have been nine innings, and that's your tough luck. But this game was seven innings. They were told it was seven innings, maximum seven innings. Seven innings, you know, is considered a complete version of a game with these new rules. Therefore, it's a no-hitter. And I know it sounds backwards, but to me, a game and all of the accomplishments in it should be counted as such when this is the maximum number of innings that we have, you know, declared the game to be. 
So you don't like the fact that now a seven-inning game equates to a nine-inning game? Then don't give us seven-inning games. That would be my answer to that. But I, I do not equate a game that is predetermined to be seven innings with a rainout of a nine-inning game. Like I, don't, I think those two things are different. Throwing a no-hitter to seven, let's go to nine. Come on. You know? Well, yeah, but that, obviously, yeah, that, that's kind of, you know, I, I think that was said tongue-in-cheek, but I get your point. It's like, come on, you know, I'll give, give him a chance. Come on. Yeah, you know? all right. Jack, I appreciate the call. Let's go to Jim in North Carolina. Joins us next year on ESPN Radio. Hey, Jim. Hey, how's it going? Great Good. show. Thanks. Hey, uh, two things. One, I pitched in college, and the um, that uh, the uh, extra pitches on the mound, all mounds are different, so you need a few just to make sure the drop of the mound and the uh, things are different. I, I can see that. I love the pitch clock, and that should be enforced and, and installed because it's also going to increase hitting because – Pitchers don't get a chance to really analyze the way the batter is standing. The batter is going in and out of the box, depending on the way the pitcher is facing, depending whether you have men on base. Do away with all that. You're completely right. A pitch clock would also increase the hitting and decrease the time. But number three on the no-hitter, hey, major league rules say it has to be a nine-inning game. So they're going to have to change that rule. I read something on a blog. I don't know the veracity of it, but they said that there would be over 50 no-hitters every year if they went to a seven-inning no-hitter. Um, so we'd see. Love your show. Keep it up. All right, Jim. Thanks for the call. Uh, and, and to me, the pitch clock, it's on the batter too. It's not just a pitcher rule. I mean, if you don't put some parameters on the batter, then how does the pitcher, like the batter could stand out of the batter's box for 22 of the 25 seconds. Now the pitcher's screwed. So to me, you have a 25-second clock, and I'm picking 25 seconds out. I think that's enough time. Maybe you go to 30. I'd be fine with that. Whatever. Have a clock and enforce it. The batter, let's say, if it's a 25-second clock, has 10 seconds to, in between pitches, adjust whatever he wants to adjust and get back in the batter's box. If he does not show that he's ready to hit in 10 seconds, automatically the umpire calls a strike. There's your violation. Or you get a warning. The next time I have to chase you back into the batter's box after 10 seconds on that clock, pitcher gets a strike added to the count. If the pitcher violates the count, if he doesn't throw the ball inside of 25 seconds and the batter was ready, it's a ball. Automatic ball gets added to the count. And that's it. Or maybe both sides get a warning. But once that warning is issued, any violations past that, and I think once you get athletes trained and in the rhythm of this is how much time you have to do something or anything – They'll teach themselves whatever routine they need to teach themselves to be able to handle it. Every other sport, the clock's running, right? Like if all of a sudden there's a wide receiver that needs a little extra time to limber up before he comes into the game, they don't all of a sudden say, ah, we had a 40-second play clock before the next play for all the other plays. Let's make it 55 and give you an extra 15 seconds to stretch. No, 40-second play clock expires. It's delay of game penalty. That's it. Or you have to call a timeout. So if you're not ready, you're not ready. Every other sport, the clock doesn't, you know, the clock's not adjusted for you. You have to adjust to the clock. And all the players in all those other sports know what they have to do to be adjusted to that clock. Baseball should be no different. Let's go to Josh in Indiana. Joins us next year on ESPN Radio. Hey, Josh. Hey, how you doing? Good. Hey, uh, this whole 7 inning thing, everybody's got it wrong. The right. owners benefit from this the most. And I'm going to tell you why. Seven inning games. 
when does the bar shut down? After the seventh inning. <laughs> Doubleheader, you got seven straight hours of drinking, bro. Uh, I didn't really think about that. You're, so you're saying if it's a seven inning, if it's a seven inning doubleheader, after the first game is over, they can just reset the clock and open the bars back up. They'll never change. They'll never close. Those bars are open when you walk through the game. Genius, absolute genius. You're right. You know what? I am now understanding what the the like the the genius is behind the seven inning doubleheader. <laughs> uh, and as somebody that enjoys having a beer at a game. I, there's some wisdom in that. That is very funny. I didn't, I didn't really think about that, but you're right. Normally at the ballpark, they make the announcement that the bars are closing after the seventh inning stretch or something. I, and by the way, when do you have a seventh inning stretch in a seven inning game? Is it like the fifth inning limber, like a limber up? Like what, what do you do? Seventh inning stretch at the end of the game, you go home. You stretch your legs going to the car. That's funny. Uh, well, I had a blast today. I get to come back and do it again tomorrow. The draft is tomorrow night. We'll talk a lot more about the draft tomorrow. Bobble Shoes and Infragrini. Looking forward to tomorrow on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.